The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, October 31st, 2023, season 19, episode number 60. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Very festive and colorful SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, We are not the Broncos. We are the Cowboys. And it's just Halloween here, so we're celebrating a little Halloween. Actually, in today's first segment, I got a little bit of some questions. What scares you most? We'll do some of that here in the first segment uh, to get into the spooky spirit uh, we also have some talk around the NFL, what's going on with the NFC East, particularly. I'm mean, sorry, the NFC uh, particularly. And then got a little bit of conversation I want to get to a little later in the show uh, on a couple players that had standout games and talk a little about how they're performing this season. Uh, we'll get to lab coat in the third segment as well. I'm sure we have some interesting numbers that our our, our local scientist has for us oh, yeah. uh, to digest over there. Let's start first, as I said before. It is Halloween, uh, so we're going to... I have some questions. I have three questions for you guys, and they are, what scares you more? And I'm going to give you a couple <laughs> options, and you tell me what scares you more in this spooky holiday uh, of Halloween. First, what scares you more? Dallas doing nothing at the trade deadline or Philadelphia doing something at the trade deadline? Something more, let's say. Philadelphia doing something more at the trade deadline. Uh, I mean... They just recently got Kevin Byard, um, and then you look at some of the trades they've made over the past couple seasons and where that's gotten them, and you look at A.J. Brown being a primary example of that. Uh, I mean, Howie up there in Philly, for as much as you hate the organization, give give the guys credit, give the guys roses. I mean, he absolutely knows how to build a team, and he is very aggressive in making sure that his team is as over the top with talent as is possible. So, I mean, when you look at a team that's um, – atop the NFC right now and then goes out and and gets a former all-pro safety in Kevin Bayard and we're sitting here just hours away from the trade deadline if they make another splash then yeah I I don't want to see it I just don't I don't want to see it yeah I think I would agree uh with that because I think it's one of those things human nature that you kind of no I wouldn't say envy but you're more worried about other people's business than your your own. You know, that's just how people are. But back to what Patrick was just saying, the amount of talent that they've been able to acquire, acquire in the last few years in such a short period of time, and I don't know how they manage all this cap money and how they make everything work. That's very, very impressive. But it's insane the amount of people that they've been able to get over the past couple of years and manage it to make it work. So, yeah, definitely uh, doesn't help when you got them getting an extra layer of talent and then you are still kind of here hoping and, you know, trusting what you currently have on your own team. Yeah, I'm more scared of us not doing anything. That's what I am. I, you know, I've... I know it's important, and Will McClay builds this roster to win the division. He understands how to compete against Philly and the Giants and the Commanders, 
And you guys are absolutely right. They, you know, the the aggressiveness to which the Eagles play the player acquisition game. When I hear Steven and Jerry come on 105.3, the fan, and I love when they come on because, you know, the insight that they give us. But I also cringe when they say personal evaluation is a 24-7 job. And sometimes I think that rings a little hollow here. You know, I, I think there's some they, – they did make some nice moves with, you know, adding you – know, with Gilmore and then adding Cooks. And I think maybe this is something different. Maybe this is an, an opportunity now where they've seed – where they can use compensatory picks or mid-round picks and go and, and <clears throat> obtain talent. And, you know, that's that was giving me encouragement. But now I'm more scared that we're back to not doing anything, you know, and allowing, you know, and, when, and I understand Jerry and his leverage game. You know, when you pick up the phone, mm-hmm. you immediately lose leverage. But, man, if, if, if there's positions on this team that they've identified – as man, we could use one more of these, and you don't do anything about that. That's the that's the scary part to me. That you know this. I said it you know earlier uh, last week. This conference is for the taking right now. It really is with the way the direction you know halfway through the direction that some of these teams are taking. You want to be on the upward tick. And if teams that are going down the wrong way are willing to give up players for, you know, for picks, I would hope that you would jump in there and get in on that. You know, if if San Francisco and and uh, and uh, the the Eagles and those guys make moves that teams you're kind of battling with to win the conference, and you stand pat, I that 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 kind of hits me inside a little bit. That are you doing everything possible? everything possible to make sure you secure your chance to win this conference and get in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I do wonder, I agree with you a lot, Brian, and I do wonder if games like last weekend cloud that a little bit. Sure. You have a weekend where where everything seems to click, right? Offense, Mm -hmm. defense, special teams. And it may lure you into this false sense of security that we've corrected those issues that we had against San Francisco. We're executing at a high level. We don't necessarily need yeah. other players to come in into this mix. And maybe maybe it masks it in a way to where, you know, you just don't think it's as much of a, a need until, again, the trade deadline will happen yeah. today. And then this weekend you play Philly mm-hmm. and some of those things may crop back up and you're like, wow, maybe it is a personnel issue. Do you remember? I don't remember this, but back when the Amari trade mm-hmm. happened, was receiver that something – who initiated that? Dallas did. Remember it was receiver by committee? Yeah, they yeah, had, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember what was Dallas, going on currently on the they team. Realized they realized – Oh, that did, was a need. They, that was like, we're, they, we're not going to get through this The Cowboys were the one to they, initiate. Yeah, they, Deontay they, Thompson didn't do it for you? Yeah, no, not that day. <laughs> they, Dallas, Dallas rightfully so, identified that – they were they were committed to receiver by committee through camp yeah, in yeah. the first five, six games of the year, and they realized that receiver by committee was not going to work. And then that's when they went on. They went on the aggressive. And to Jerry's point, he gave up a first round pick to make it make it work. Right. Mm-hmm. For a while there, it looked like that was going to be after they got Amari. They had a loss against Tennessee, and they were like below five hundred. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be a top ten pick, you know. But it yeah. ended up being somewhere in the twenties, uh, you know. But but that way. So, yeah, I I don't know. I, I'll tell you this though, and from my personal experience of working in scouting departments. 
sometimes as a personnel guy, you really want to go make a move. And the first thing you do is you ask your coach, is there anything I could do to help you? Mm. Is there anything I could do to help you? And to Ambar's point, though, sometimes these pl- these coaches fall in love with their players, mm. and they don't want to move on from a guy. They, they realize that if they bring on a guy, somebody's going to have to go. Somebody's going to have to be, you know, those 53-man rosters. And coaches fall in love with their players. And so, and so the scouting departments, too. But mainly you're going to a coach and you're asking him, how can I help you? Tell me how. I, I, I tell this, like, I get people laugh at me all the time for saying this. For Dave Campo, all those years that we went through 5-11, to this day I feel bad that we never helped Dave. We never, and Dave says, but you never, we never were able to, I never, the staff, we never could go out and get somebody because we kind of liked our guys. Mm-hmm. We liked our guys. You know, even when we were five and 11, we were liking our guys. And that's the handicap that sometimes you deal with as a front office. You don't want to bring a player on and force it on a coach and say, play him, make it work with this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, uh, that's sometimes that's why you, you're happy with all your guys because. The coach is happy with all his guys. Yeah, it's interesting that, uh, and this will transition us, but it's interesting that Jerry Jones mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago that he he specifically said the Eagles and the 49ers were a step, a little bit of a step ahead of where his team was at the time. So my question for you guys is, which scares you more, playing Philadelphia or playing San Francisco? It's just playing San Francisco. I mean, yeah. first, first I'll be clear in that. I mean, it's it's sports, it's football. I'm not scared of. I mean, that come on, um, but. And well, I've been scared before playing teams. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't do that. Bring it, pull honey on me. Um, but here we go <laughs> to, to stay <laughs> to stay within the confines of yeah. your game. Um, I'd say San Francisco. This team has proven that it can go to Philadelphia and it can defeat Philadelphia. It can have Philadelphia come to AT and T Stadium where they currently hold a, or the Cowboys currently hold an eleven game win streak, one hundred eleven. Have they done that against Jalen Hurts yet? Uh, no, I will say. Okay. But nonetheless, they've de- they de- I mean, last year, both teams played her. without their quarterback, right? Yeah. Both teams played without their quarterback one and one, right? And yeah. so, I don't. Have we seen a matchup between Dak and Jalen? We're yet? about to. Yeah. Is that going to be this weekend, first time? Yeah. So, we're going to find so, out a lot, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, my, my point being, um, you go to Dan Quinn being able to scheme up against them, Mike McCarthy being able to scheme. I mean, you can, you can beat the Philadelphia Eagles. It'll be a contest, obviously, but I feel like this is the series that gets split. I think the Cowboys take one. I think Philadelphia takes one, uh, and we'll get to that when we talk about previews. But uh, when you talk about the 49ers, until further notice, you haven't shown you. Yeah, they got you. Yeah. They got you until further notice, especially when you look at the manner in which the defeat happened in Santa Clara. I mean, that wasn't even close. You got smoked. So... Until you show me you can put up a fight against San Francisco, those guys came out of in of the tunnel with a boombox on your field in the playoffs and knocked you out. That's your boogeyman. That's your boogeyman right now. Why couldn't they go on a losing streak starting with us? <laughs> or maybe, with maybe, the maybe we're the reason they went on the losing streak. <laughs> yeah. you know? uh, that's giving too much credit there after what you that's just fair. said, that's how fair. they lost that game. Uh, no, but yeah. Uh, 49ers, I mean, I get it. Eagles, they're inside your division. NFC is is a tough matchup. They got a lot of weapons. But 
I feel like it's always been a pretty close, like competitive game whenever the Cowboys do face the Eagles. It's never been like a full on that I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it, that it has been a full on blowout that the Eagles just completely no. dominated. You have you. to go back to when me and Brian were talking about that yeah. early 2000s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it used to be some blowouts. So it's been a while. Yeah, it's so, been okay. a minute, but yeah. yeah, there used to be some blowouts in that matchup. But sure. usually it's pretty yeah. competitive no and it, there, it, it stays within reach. Yeah. Um, so that's the only reason why I would lean towards more the 49ers being that one team in the current history that just you have not been able to beat just yet. It's 49ers. Mm. Yeah. They, 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 there's a factor, like I say, Will McClay has figured out he's the type of team that he's built to play within the division. You know, how they, you know, and, and maybe that's some of the reasons why they're really adverse to moving Tyler Smith back out to out to tackle mm-hmm. because of the way that these teams in the division and you got rid of one yesterday you know with the trade that the Giants made you know to the Seattle yeah, Leonard Williams yeah, Leonard Williams so that but the way that they're built there he's trying to figure out a way to to combat what's going on with these teams but San Francisco you really don't have an answer for them right now scheme wise especially yeah it's interesting to me because I actually I agree with all you guys but if if you just look at both teams on paper even if you watch them play on Sundays oh. I think Philly's a better team I really do believe yeah. Philly is is right now obviously their record says they're the best team in the NFC the best team in the, in the NFL right now from a record standpoint and I think when you just look at them on paper I think they're the better team between them and San Francisco but I agree with you for the doubt for Dallas for Dallas yeah, yeah. Dallas, until yeah. you figure out how to beat San Francisco Francisco, yeah, there's really nobody else you can compare right. in that way because they just have Dallas's number. Are you, right an, now. Uh, are you an Eagles fan? Um, no, I oh, just hear a lot of kissing. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Don Henley and the song. You know what I am? Yeah. You know what I am? I'm a realist, and right now I'm looking at was a good I'm album. looking at this game this weekend, and I'm thinking <laughs> this team looks really, really good, oh, and they're not man. even playing their best football. They're not, the that, that's they're the not the, playing their no, best football, the and they thing. have only lost one time this season. Yeah, that so. Is, you can call it what you want. I'm just saying this is going to be a monumental task for Dallas this weekend. That's all I'm going to say. All right, now I'm with you on the kissing, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are ways to say stuff. Yeah, you know, okay. Yeah, but do some, like, it's true. Smooshing. <laughs> you going to pick the Cowboys this week? Heck yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, pick it today on a Tuesday. Yeah, pick it today. <laughs> she said yes. pick it today. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, so no need, no need yeah. for me to do my scouting report on the no, Eagles no, this week. Right? No, no, she doesn't need to hear all that. The point is, no. We're, we're I, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, the, oh wait, but wait, as soon as you start talking about their team, yeah. it's gonna be a lot more kissing because yeah. you're gonna be like, they got a lot of good they players do, in a lot of they, places. They do, but yeah. you will never hear me. I don't care. If the Cowboys like, are zero matter. and I eight, care. I will not pick the Eagles. All right, I got one more. What scares you more? Okay, this one's a little intricate, so just follow me here. Dallas's offense versus press man coverage. Remember when they faced that against San Francisco? Yes. They were held to 140 yards passing. Right. Or Dallas's defense versus pin and pull type rushing attack. Remember Ooh. when they played Arizona? Mm. They rushed for 222 yards against this defense. What scares you more? Considering who they're about to go up against, um, and you have the mobile guy, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the latter. I think that pin and pull was, it would probably scare me better more, I should say, because I know that, and we've seen it. I mean, if you go back and look at the separation rates from Ceedee Lamb and Brandon Cooks uh, against the Rams, they actually it wasn't that fantastic, but they were able to make explosive plays and and you know get not a lot that was against zone. Yeah, fair, mm-hmm. fair, um, but. I just feel like the playmakers can make plays 
if as long as Dak Prescott isn't predetermining where he's throwing the ball, which is, I think, something that kind of cost the Cowboys offense is, is explosiveness over the first five games before they got clicking in game six. Um, but the other thing is just they, they really have to figure that out. And Brian keeps pointing it out, and it's it's magnificent that he does because until they show that they have figured that out, teams are going to try to keep using that against them. So it's not entirely dissimilar from the San Francisco 49er argument. Until you show you can beat this particular thing, it's going to keep being mm-hmm. your boogeyman. What was the first one again? Um, press man coverage. Dallas's offense against press man coverage. That was what. That was basically what San Francisco, <coughs> San Francisco did to them. They basically yeah. lined up. They pressed them at the line of scrimmage, played man coverage, and Dallas couldn't seem to get off the press. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. They're pretty equal to me of things. Uh, that are a tough one for the Cowboys. And you, the point is, the problem to me is more the Cowboys have, haven't consistently shown that they can do something week to week. So even, so depending what the opponent does, I think that they could manage more. And this is totally going against what Patrick just said, mm-hmm. the pen and pull, but the man coverage and going that way and also adding the whole motion, pre-motion. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. You know what can it, help you defeat that, that press coverage? If your quarterback is willing to use his legs and, and extend plays and buy yeah, time. Yeah, so when you're man coverage, your back is to the defense. Correct. I mean, to the offense. It extends coverage windows yeah. against guys like Cooks and Lamb. So if this version of deck that we've seen the past couple of weeks continues, should be able to then, then, handle I'm, that then a I'm lot much better. less worried about well, press coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. It's pin and pull for me, man. And that's the more demoralizing the team to just running the ball on you. Mm-hmm. You have no answer for that. You know, all of a sudden it just and seems what like the Eagles do well. Oh, they, they, they're, right. yeah, it's a different kind of running, though. They do a different style of running against you than, than what we saw there. I'll tell you, the, the press coverage stuff stuff's worried because the, the Cowboys' offense, when receivers don't get open, is a bad looking offense. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is a bad, and then your quarterback True gets story. hit. And if you're not really sure what's going on up front, if you got left tackle problems, you know, if it just. But the pin and pull to me is when teams can demoralize you running the football. Yeah. And that I, I feel helpless when you can't stop the run. Yeah. Well, we then they have they've had issues all season. I feel like, well, on paper, you come out of games and you see how the running game goes, and the yards do add up. Yeah. But visually, while you're watching live, it doesn't uh-huh. look like it's been a good running game, and they like they have been able to run their ball. And I think it's more because of those. You haven't had those long plays or uh, those. Plays of you just see Tony Pollard just kind of escape and go uh, for x amount of yards, but I think that's that's the issue too that they just haven't been able to fully show that they have a very a big threat in the running game overall. That's very true. They haven't committed to it really, and I mean this last game it wasn't that they ran bad; they just didn't run much. Yeah, like, I guess seemed like they went into that game with the, a lot of the runs even were not called runs. They were yeah. situations where you're scrambling. But yeah. I mean that game they went into the game. It seems to me the the game plan was we're going to throw the ball. Dallas, yeah. yeah, okay, well, yeah, because even if they they got sacked like three of the first four plays, yeah. they still were committed to throwing the football. Right. Usually, if you're if you're having problems like that, you take a series or two to kind of wait a minute. We need to run the ball here and figure out what the problems are. But they're like, no. Nah, 
nah, let's just keep throwing it's, the ball. It's you funny know, he that, says, act- I was going to say, it's funny he says that because in the walk-off uh, after McCarthy's presser yesterday, he, he spoke on that and kind of jokingly, and he said if he were not the play caller, if he was the head coach yeah. after those couple yeah. sacks, yeah. he would have backed off and did that exact yeah. thing. And he said, but as the play caller, he fought against his better nature and he yeah. decided to stick with the pass-heavy attack, and it worked because they were they're committed. coming to chunk plays. Yeah. They, were committed to run, they were committed to throwing the football that game because – that you talk about being scared when you keep seeing your quarterback knocked on the ground, you're yeah. like going, Okay, this is not gonna be a fun mm-hmm. day. You know, they, they haven't figured this out, but you know, they got the break from the official, they got the seventeen yard pass from from uh, to Lamb, and that seemed to kind of get them going. And Derek, really quickly, correction for those that are listening: we forgot about this. Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott have squared off before. Yeah. Uh, September 2021, Cowboys took that victory, 41-21 at AT&T. Was that Stadium. Jalen's first year? Um, as a starter? No, no. as a starter. As a yes. starter, yeah. As first um, as a starter. Jalen had 326, 2-2, two two, so two interceptions. Deck had 238, three touchdowns with no interceptions. Cowboys huh. hung 40 on them. Like that, okay. Yeah, so more of that. Was that one of those block punt games and maybe something else happened? What? How? how the, give me some scoring. You said Deck had three touchdowns, yeah, right? Three touch, he? Yeah. yeah, three touchdowns. They had 238 no throwing? Yeah, 238 yeah. throwing. So it must have been some short fields in yeah, there. 238, three touchdowns, saying, yeah. Some turnovers. No doubt. You know, interesting, uh, just real quick before we go to break, you mentioned that, that they could have gone in the shell. After those sacks, they passed every time the <laughs> rest of saying. that series. Yeah. It was pass, pass, yeah. pass, yeah. pass, yeah. incomplete pass, pass, touchdown pass. Yeah. Like, they didn't go back to the run. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I think that game, they went into the game saying, we see something here yeah. we think we can take advantage of, yeah. and they certainly took advantage yeah. of it. All right, we're going to take our first break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll talk a little about some stuff that's going on around the NFL. We'll have these guys Give us their ranking of the NFC. We're talking about those top seven, eight teams, those teams that will be playoff teams. How would you rank them? We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say, give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Salvation Army's 27th annual Red Kettle kickoff returns to AT&T Stadium this Thanksgiving. Get excited to watch the one and only Dolly Parton rock the stage during halftime when your Dallas Cowboys go head-to-head against the Washington Commanders. Tune in, 3.30 p.m. on CBS. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start of segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. Ding! All right, let's keep going. All right, here we go. Uh, NFC. Let's talk about the top eight teams in the NFC. Only seven will make the playoffs. An interesting note, uh, Minnesota had started off a little rough. They'd gotten things going, got back to 500, Creed. and then they lose their quarterback That's for the massive. season My with goodness. a torn, a, uh, torn not an ACL, Achilles. sorry, Achilles. Achilles. Um, and so it, I don't know how you, you think about that. The, the likelihood is that they're probably not going to get better. Uh, without their starting quarterback, but here are the teams: you got San Francisco at five and three, Philly at seven and one, Dallas at five and two, Detroit at five and two, Seattle at five and two. Right now, leading that division actually over San Francisco, uh, Atlanta at four and four, New Orleans at four and four, and then Minnesota at four and four. If you had to put them in order, uh, let's let's try to give us the top seven teams and put them in order uh, from top to bottom. Philadelphia won, right? I think we all can agree on that, right? How about, De- how, 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 about, how about Detroit number two? Oh, you think Detroit number two? Detroit number two. All right. Has anybody got another team? Oh, I wouldn't put Detroit oh, number we, two. We, I thought we were doing this as a group. We're doing this as a group? Yeah, we can do this as a group. Okay, yeah. we can do this as a group. Yeah. I, as we have this conversation, I agree Philly is one. Yeah. Um, Detroit at two. Is Seattle better than Detroit? Especially after the recent acquisition? I think Dallas is better than both of them, in my opinion. I had. I would go. I so would, you would put Dallas second. I had a Seattle. Well, I, I, I would no, go Philly. I think San Detroit. Francisco is still second. Mm, okay, in my opinion, mm, not only three game slot with Purdy playing the way he is. They also are doing that without Debo Samuel and without Trent Williams, two of their studs. And yeah. by the way, where's the my, mental, the mental, the mental. No, no, I'm not feeling sorry for them. I'm not feeling sorry for them. What I'm saying <laughs> is that if they are around during when it comes time for playoffs, and we've seen this from San Francisco before, they have these parts of the season yeah. where it's like. Oh, what's happening with San yeah. Francisco? Oh, they're dead. And then right in, right there around mid-December, they get on this swing, and they just start rolling. And then they get into the playoffs, and they do damage. But we're not talking about mid-December. We're no. talking about right what now. I, what I'm saying is if I'm putting them in order so of the best team. So you want us to team, predict the future. Yes, I do, because that's what okay. we're doing. Oh, that's oh exactly. I thought we were doing okay. like oh, as, right as of right now. No, I'm, I'm saying, right. I'm saying we're, we're talking about – because we're talking about the rest of the season playing out and who's going to be in the playoffs – once we get there. These are the teams that are kind of in the mix right now. I would, I would be rich. Them. If I could predict the future like that, I would be you know falling right now. You know, the, a part of our all of our job descriptions being on this show is, is projection. predict the future. Like right, That's so what we do. Let's I, go. I, I Philadelphia, with, yeah, Detroit, I Philadelphia, Detroit, San Francisco, Dallas, with mm-hmm. Seattle, and now comes the fun part. Yeah. Uh, man, I think that... I think New Orleans is going to figure out a way to win the South. Okay. But where do I have San Francisco? I have San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco third. Third, Dallas four. Let's go New Orleans five. That would be six, actually. Oh, six. 
Minnesota seven. So Atlanta out. Minnesota would be the one in for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I agree with Philly at one. San Francisco until further notice. They're better. Um, San Francisco. I put San Francisco at two. Dallas at three. Um, I'm going to give Seattle the nod over Detroit. Okay. Um, I like how Detroit is playing, but they also got you know killed in Baltimore. We know how that feels to get killed in, the, in a week. Um, but Seattle was already playing well, already leading their division. And then what did they do? They get a deal done to get Leonard Williams, I believe. So they just got better, arguably. Um, so one, two, three, four, five. Detroit is my five. Um, NFC South is going to be very interesting because I could see what Brian is saying. I think this, the Saints. I don't trust Atlanta. Atlanta. I, I just no, nor should you. But it feels like they're not far behind New Orleans, and it feels like they're starting to try to get Kyle Pitts involved. And then, of course, they have Bijan, and when you have Bijan, mm-hmm. you got a chance. Um, so I. I think with Minnesota losing Kirk Cousins, I think the NFC South might squeak two teams into the playoffs. So what do I got? Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas, Seattle, Detroit. And then I'll take the two NFC South teams. I think Atlanta wins that division. Hmm. But um, but I do think at number seven, I Atlanta's think. Atlanta's got uh, no quarterback. <laughs> Does New Orleans? I, yeah, I'm not going to stand <laughs> well, on it. I'm not going to stand on the Car, hill for Desmond Car or Ritter. Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I think their quarterback situation. I know Ritter's not good. Yeah. He's not good, but but, but I also don't think Car's very good. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't think when I've when I've watched New Orleans this year, I'm like their offense sputters. A we'll lot. learn a lot about and Seattle. Look at, look at Car's frustration here over the past few days, and yeah. how he's starting to speak and saying, "Well, I have to do better at managing my emotions." Well, that that's quite telling that you have to come out and say that. That means, to your point, things are not going well offensively. Well, let's think about Car. I mean, Car's traditionally it, the problem with him is his consistency like, yeah. right. he just has not been consistent he'll yeah. have a good game here and then he'll have two or three bad games oh, here so he'll, he'll nine and eight you all day absolutely so that that's why i don't really trust him as much as i know ritter isn't necessarily doing great out there in atlanta i do think the parts i actually believe the parts the other offensive weapons and atlanta are better than the offensive weapons in new orleans and that may be the difference could tampa make some waves in the, in the nfc south between atlanta and new orleans do you think they could Possibly, See, that's the interesting part. They're, they, they're, they're quarterbacks right in par with, and, the, with those other guys, and they're, right? They're competitive as well. Yeah. So NFC South is going to be interesting. It but outside of the NFC South finishing up my six and seven, I mean, what are we talking about? The Rams competitive, but you know UCL injury on Stafford that's uh, that's going to hurt them. Washington, Have they said what that what the prognosis is on that? Is um, I don't know what the the weekly week to week prognosis is. Tampa's but, Tampa's got a shot here. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I think because Tampa has a shot. They're at Houston. They got Tennessee at home at San Francisco. We'll see. Indianapolis at on the road and Carolina and then oh Atlanta. that's an easy schedule they're they're kind of in that yeah, mode they, right now they, they can, can make a wave they can make, yeah. yeah but they're yeah. three and four right now too yeah 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 but they've lost they've lost three straight they've lost to Detroit Atlanta and at Buffalo so you know. who, who you got no I skipped this question you because be, no, yeah because Cowboys won. <laughs> and that's no. it. <laughs> no, hold on. I'm not that crazy. One, hold two, on. three, four, five. <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> no, no, because you see, I take my predictions very seriously. No, oh, sorry. And okay. Did you see how she said that? Yeah. Very seriously. She emphatically told us that. Yeah. Because you you got to look at so many different things. And I'll be honest, I don't sit here and watch every single game of all the teams. Every time we're going to face an opponent is when I look at who we're looking at. Like, Philadelphia. Obviously, you know the gist of things, and you follow 
the general news and all that. But for example, even you mentioning the schedules, that's something that takes into account. Like who else yeah. are they playing for the rest of the season? So yeah. there are a lot of components where I'm not gonna sit here and give you guys an uneducated guess. Like over here. I take Seattle's my job seriously. Fair. I'm a professional that admits yeah. when She's I don't know right now. I lost out of my depth, but she said you over there smooching. <laughs> right. Right. Seattle's at the Ravens next weekend too. By the way, oh, this that's going to that'll be a good. Good. That'll give us a good, good indicator of if, if Seattle really is in that upper echelon yeah. of teams. Yeah. I don't know. Have they had a game like that yet against a really good? team? I thought they were going to lose to Cleveland. Cleveland's Cleveland good, though. Cleveland, Cleveland's defense I know, Cleveland is Cleveland had them on the really ropes, and they, and they turned the ball over. I mean, it was crazy. But, yeah, yeah maybe Seattle. We'll see. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's take our final break. When we come back, we will talk a little bit about a couple guys. There are two names I want to throw at you guys, Chuma Idoga and Osa Odigizua. We'll be back, mm. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYSVIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Okay, head to the Pro Shop at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas on Saturday, November 4th for the final stop of the 2023 Cowboys Collections on tour. See Rare Team Archives, custom headwear, grab a gift with a purchase and enter for a chance to win a giveaway. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Here's what we're going to do in this final segment. I have two names I want to give to you guys. There were some interesting stats about each one of them I wanted to, to talk about. Uh, Chuma Yudoga, let's start with him. Offensive tackle. This week he's playing for Tyron. He was playing for Tyron Smith, who was out injured. Uh, check this out. He only allowed two pressures on yeah. 36 pass blocking snaps only one sack allowed that happened that in the, the first early. play of the game <laughs> and then he didn't allow another sack he only allowed one other pressure yes. in the game what's the difference right now between tyron smith and chuma Yidoga? 
probably name, experience. Experience. Uh, I'll go with that one. Probably the fear of the opponent. They that you know going against a doga to an opponent would be. I think I could probably break this guy down. I think I could probably get around him. Tyron Smith, you know, there's a history there. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, I've seen this guy play at such a high level. He he hasn't played at a high level in a long time. He still plays at a level that's probably a little north of what Chuma Adoga is. That's you know, what I'm the, talking about. What is the difference there in yeah, their playability? There's what's the difference? Yeah, there? Tyron Smith now will miss blocks. He'll he won't be able to cut the guy off. Chuma Adoga will do the same thing. They're very similar in in that regard. That you will see the occasional breakdown where, oh, he didn't get to the second level. Where before, you know, I mean, there was times where Tyron Smith, you get him in space, and we've seen it on crack mm-hmm. toss where they bring some receiver inside, they crack the edge, and they get him, and now he's just railroading some safety. Or, you know, that's the biggest fear of a defender right there mm-hmm. is that Tyron Smith in space, I think that's a really huge <laughs> difference. But as far as pass blocking goes, Tyron Smith can be broken down. But so could Chuma Adoga. And I think that's where the run game aspect of it, I think, is a little bit higher for Smith than it is for Adoga. For me, it is the experience aspect and all that comes with it. You know, um, while the physical attributes are starting to slide as Tyron Smith gets into the the dusk of his Hall of Fame career, um, he still has a certain amount of veteran savvy that Chuma just doesn't have because he doesn't have the the years under his belt, the experience of having played at such a high level as Tyron Smith. So my answer is really just straightforward. It's just the experience aspect. Um, When Tyron is healthy, that's who you want to have out there because he'll be able to he can, he knows what looks to to kind of react to and which way to go and do and this is stuff that Chuma is still kind of figuring out even though he's playing well especially being thrown into the fire as he is um but yeah it, it's still Tyron Smith takes the edge over Chuma if only for experience and veteran savvy and being able to also teach Tyler on every single rep as the game goes along, that's something that Chuma can do, but not to the extent that a first, a potential first battle Hall of Famer can do. Yeah, I think uh, with Tyron, you definitely have to still show respect because of the experience and everything that you guys mentioned. But if we were to play, like, if there was some sort of masked player like football, masked like singer. the masked singer, <laughs> this is, yeah, if you were to, like, adapt the whole masked singer into masked football player and you weren't looking at the physique or anything like that and just you didn't watching see the, number? the plays. Yeah, they yeah. didn't have a number on Yeah, and you just yeah. saw the, the results. Right. You yeah. just saw the results and it, I think you it would be hard right now to tell who's who because they are playing at the level. I, I still see Tyrant all the way over here, Chuma all the way here, but they're both playing like right here in the middle where yeah. Chuma is playing up like the yeah, level that we expected. expected. Yeah. And then Tyrant is just kind of Maybe. He's still giving you stuff, but you're not getting him at his prime anymore. Chuma playing at a high level, but it just shows you how far that Tyrant Smith has come down. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they kind of mid in the me- yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. That, exactly. That's that's gonna. I think that's a really good uh, analogy it what is. you gave. All right, I want to throw out another name to you guys. Osa Odigizua. Check this out. He generated six pressures mm-hmm. on 19 pass rushes. That's yeah. a 31.6 uh, percent pass right pass rush uh, win rate. Uh, he was second. It was the second game this year when he had 25 percent plus uh, pressure rate. 
Um, he was double teamed. This was the interesting part. He was mm-hmm. double teamed almost half, nine of the 19 times, 47.4% of the time he was double teamed. And on four of those nine, when he was double teamed, he still got pressure. Um, is o- also Odigizua, outside of Micah, is he the best player on yes. this defense yes. outside yes. of Micah? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. He's the most consistent. More than Bland. Bland is. I knew that was going to get you. No, no, I knew that no, was going to no, get no, him. Bland, Bland's now, now, you, now you're pitting, you're pitting two of my tops <laughs> right, against right. each other. Ooh, that was smooth. I like it. If those two plays, those the plays in, at the Chargers games were hit on Bland, then mm-hmm. we might think differently about Bland. It, just in just in thought, those two when they overthrew him. Yeah, just uh, in when, thought. Yeah, yeah just it. in thought. Just in th- I think Bland's been outstanding. Yeah. Don't I'm not trying to discredit Bland at all. I think when the situation that he was thrown into with Diggs being out, expectations, I don't know why teams throw the ball at him, but I think we might think differently of him. Just optics of it. Like, yeah. well, he gave up two, you know, he bit, but corners bite on routes. Yep. It happens in the league. Especially if you're getting picks. I just, right. If you're yeah. a ball hawk, you, yeah. Yeah. I just think that a doga from Giants game to Rams game. You, if you look at his graph, it would be going uh, every every week. It seems like it's a going up. You know, there's yeah. not that violent. Oh, he had a, a, a two sack game. Oh, he's gone two games without any tackles. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, he's got another sack and a half. Oh, you know, it's not that. It's all been very steady mm-hmm. in the way that he's played. Wow, you you did throw me for the loop with the the Ron Bland. Um, I'm still going to give the slight, and I do mean slight, because Bland is. Absolutely him. Um, but Osa, for me, goes back to last year. He had a breakout season last year, all things considered. Goes into the offseason, um, and you expect that he's going to take a jump this year. But look at the jump he's taken, and, and then look at his work ethic. And look at, I had a good conversation with him earlier this year about his preparation. I mean, he's doing everything from adding Pilates to, to his formula. He remade his body. Let's he, be clear about one, it. He's, he's a is, different kind of play. He's a different yeah. style of play. He's right? absolutely yeah. chiseled, like yeah. an Olympian god type chisel like I mean he's something different Uh, and then when you go back and you look at the film to Brian's point of every single game though he's not a name that you're hearing regularly go look at how he wrecks the interior of the opposing offensive line he's always back there and for me you know uh, a hold, drawing a holding penalty is as good as a sack to me yeah. because that's 10 yards and guess mm-hmm. what he did against the Rams he drew a holding penalty and he would draw some more often if the refs get blah 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 yeah. but Osa is is a game wrecker to, and I'm going to say this much like I said with Deron Bland as far as the career arc I think he'll be up there with Sauce if not better Osa is on an Aaron Donald-esque trajectory as far as if he continues to do what he's doing, and it just keeps going up, 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 up. A year from now, what does Osa look like? Like, you have to start talking about him as an interior game wrecker in the same breath. Not not saying he will be Aaron Donald in the end, but he is earning the right to be in the conversation of that kind of air as far as game wreckers from the interior of the D-line. There is no reason an interior defensive lineman should be able to have the best win pass rush win percentage on a team that has Michael Parsons on it. You see what I mean? Like that's that's ridiculous. Well, but in, in some respects, that may help him. No, it, it absolutely it absolutely does help yeah. him. My point being the fact that he's able to do that, and yes, he's taking advantage of yeah. Micah being there and Demarcus being on the opposite yeah. side. He is, but I believe that if you took one of those guys out, Osa would still wreck games. Maybe not to this particular aspect because they got a kin on Micah, but Osa is he's just that dude. Like he is that dude. So no, I mean his his. Last name isn't the easiest. It's, it's not marketable, but it's fun. Zua. So it's right up there with the Puka Nakuas, <laughs> right? <laughs> 
I was gonna say his name went. It went from someone, at least to me, when he first started. That you're like, okay, he's just somebody else That's added what you on the team. Right. Yeah, like okay, we got another player. To now, you know who Osaozuwa is. <laughs> so he he's kind of he's elevated his game so much, and sometimes very impressive to always see, see somebody of that size have the quickness that he does. Mm-hmm. So I and he has changed his body a lot, but still seeing the progress, the transitioning, the the improvement of just getting faster every time and better, it's very, very impressive. And I think he's done an amazing job. And last with thing Bar. real quick, and, and Ambar is going to love this because she would agree with it, on Deron Bland. They're similar in that Deron Bland, he's the shy, jovial. Now, Osa mm-hmm. isn't shy, but he's just this big, jolly guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds me really of Joe Looney, yeah. right, in that aspect. But when the pads go on, you're talking about demon time, mm-hmm. it, that switch flips, and it's just bad news for everybody. Yeah, he's it, when you consistently look at the metrics of the top pressure defensive mm-hmm. tackles in the league, he's in the top five every week Yep, with, the, with all those animal. outstanding names. Animal. Yeah. All right, let's get a little lab coat here before we end the show. What we got, Patrick? Bring me in, Bieber. Yes, science. Nice. Now there are a ton of uh, numbers that we could that I could throw at you here, but I'm just going to keep it real simple. When it comes to Jalen Hurts, I'm going to harken back to what I said a few weeks ago in that his rate of turnovers is at a career pace. He's going up against a Cowboys defense that is one of the best in the league in takeaways. So the magic number here is eight. Hmm. Eight is the magic number. Uh, Jalen Hurts, his career high in interceptions coming into the season was nine. He had only thrown nine as a max. He's already at eight through eight games. He's averaging one. Per, he's on pace for 17. That's a problem. Right? That's yeah, a problem because, you know, Dak had, Dak had 15, last, Dak had 15 yeah. last year and the world exploded. Jalen Hurts is on pace to break that by yep. two. Yep. Um, so that's that's going to be key. And also the number eight works in the Cowboys' favor in respect to Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott is eight and three against the Philadelphia hmm. Eagles. Uh, in that, he's three and two in Philadelphia. Dak knows how to go into Philadelphia and win games. So Dak has eight wins out of 11 against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, and Jalen Hurts has thrown eight interceptions. He's one of the league leaders in that category. So he can, he will throw the ball in suspicious ways, and when he does, Deron Bland will be there. Bland will be, <laughs> Stephon Gilmore might Gilmore be there to seal too. the game with it. Jordan Lewis, don't forget him. Mm-hmm. So opportunities will be there. Magic number is eight, ladies and gentlemen. All right, that's good stuff. We will tomorrow break that down a little bit more. Derek wants to tell you that receiver will have eight catches. For- <laughs> well, Man, I keep, watch, tomorrow, I keep watching that offense. Tomorrow, I'm like, those receivers Brian's are a problem. come back with his scouting report and just trash everything that you just right. said that's positive. And we'll get into that tomorrow. We'll do uh, Cowboys offense versus, the, uh, versus the, the Eagles defense tomorrow. They got players on that defense, too. That secondary can yep. be had, though. We'll yep. talk about that tomorrow. Till then, for Patrick Walker. Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!